Hey, 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 this is Pop Culture Petri Dish. Hello, I'm Ava Epperson, and I'm here with my co-host. Christian Ramirez. He's the science guy. <laughs> I'm the jokes one. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. You, you kind of, you're better at, you, you're, you're good at jokes. You, Thanks, I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. And sometimes I and You're good science. at science, yeah. yeah. so... I don't know why I'm even talking right now. <laughs> what are we talking about? This is episode five. What is yeah. it? Today we're going to talk about uh, spaceships. <gasps> yeah. We've, we've talked a little bit about like um, the Fermi paradox and where the aliens are and other stuff like that. So now we're going to talk about the kind of spaceships that might get us to other planets. Like or, the design yeah. of them. Right, exactly. And what they look like and... Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do they look like? <laughs> so, because uh, I want to, I, I super want that spacefaring to be a thing. So, like, how right. do we do this? Yeah, that's it's certainly I think not going to look like anything that we conceive of naturally. Not nothing that we've already conceived of, um, because like the Enterprise, it's a very a huge amount of weight that isn't involved in the actual fueling part of it, and so that's one of the biggest. One of the biggest hurdles to overcome when it comes to space is um, the thing with propellant. Propellant, because it has its own weight, mm-hmm. it is already uh, limiting what you can do with as far as distance is concerned. Because the propellants, the rocket propellants that we have right now, there's no way that they're going to get us to another star system. No. The only way that it could is in hundreds of thousands of years, and we don't have technology to keep us alive for that long. So it's not a practical means to do it. The only way that we're going to make it to other star systems is if we basically have to get to one-tenth of the speed of light. And then it's going to be manageable for us to actually travel to the near systems. That doesn't seem fast at all. <laughs> Wait, what? what is uh, the speed of light? 300,000 meters per, per second? Yeah, per yeah. 300,000, I thought it was 300,000 kilometers per second. Holy. So Yeah, no, that's that's more, that's a lot more, right? Yeah, so 300,000 thousand meters per second. Yeah. So, and, and that's... So a tenth of that is, like, could I, <laughs> like, is that, like, a, can I do that on a bike? <laughs> like, am I passing that? Is that Usain Bolt's, like, time? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need to just get... We just all need to be Usain Bolts. There's a bunch of Usain Bolts running to Alpha Centauri. So obviously this is a crazy amount of speed and velocity. Right. And uh, if you have any weight, all of it, it's in fuel. Yeah. It's like we need like all fuel, zero ship. Right. Which, what does that look like? (laughs) Well, okay, let me explain the, I guess, the theory of relativity real quick. And I can't explain it all, but just how it applies to this. The equation of E equals mc squared, where energy is E, mass is m, and then c squared, c squared is the speed of light squared, meaning that if you accelerate anything to the speed of light that weighs anything, if it has any weight to it, it becomes energy. It, it, it is impossible for material things to accelerate to the speed of light. And because of the squared, it becomes more and more difficult the more something weighs to accelerate it at anything approaching the speed of light. So the way that we're going to, I guess, overcome things like this is that in space, 
there's there's a couple advantages that we have. We can there's no air resistance. There's nothing resisting it's a vacuum. Yes, exactly. So any kind of spaceship that we send up there, once it gets into space, there's nothing. We just got to point it in the direction that we want to go, and there's not going to be anything that slows it down. <laughs> this just sounds like just a clown car of like, like we if, if we're still working these things out, like we, we don't deserve to go anywhere. Because <laughs> like what, what we're working out is like, all right, so just like put me in a chair and just like just throw me at the cosmos and hopefully hope for the best, hope for the best. No, we need to work out like spaceships need to work out like navigation before yeah. that they can do like these kinds of speed yeah we need a braking system yeah for when <laughs> yeah because right now all we're doing is we're just putting liquid dinosaurs in a uh like a just a just a, a bullet it's yeah, a bullet and just scream our way into space <laughs> like that is what rockets are right? yeah. just like ah fuck <laughs> and uh we're barely able to get off this rock right i mean obviously we've had a you know long-standing tradition of you know, doing it for 50, 60 years, mm-hmm. uh, if not more. And, you know, that's great. But if we want to be spacefaring, we got to, like, figure out, like, just roaming around right. our backyard before we can even think about going to, you know, Alpha Centauri or anything. Right, right? exactly. So, and the one of the ways that they do it with uh, satellites and stuff like that is that they have little little jets. And they're, and they're not exactly jets because they basically displace enough air and matter within the uh, with, they give us enough of a pulse that it turns it rotates or it moves the satellite within space so it can that's kind of how they steer because the yeah. way that we understand steering on earth is is basically through the use of resistance by either us on the ground when it comes to cars or through the air when it comes to planes mm. there's none of that in space so basically, we just have to have a bunch of little propellants that will turn, rotate, and like spin whatever it is, whatever kind of satellite it is in space to do that. Because there's no way that we can create those forces through drag to kind of orient ourselves in space. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And there's no atmosphere. Right. Exactly. So... <laughs> That's kind of how our brakes are going to have to be, too, when we're... <laughs> when we're screaming in space and going, oh, fuck, stop, stop. Yeah, no, uh, how do you brake in space? You have to just do equal amount of exactly uh, propulsion in the opposite direction. Right? Yeah, you do small pulses of propulsion to slow you down little by little because you can't just turn on a rocket engine that's the same force as the one that got you into space because yeah. that'll kill you from the G's. You can't just like put your arm out of the <laughs> spaceship and grab a moon and just like a hold, hold. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't work. So, okay. So braking is one of the biggest problems. Yes, it's a challenge. Uh, that goes along with intense amounts of speed. Is right. We don't even know how to get the intense amount of speed. And then even if we did... How the fuck do you stop? Because <laughs> yeah. you're just going into, the, you're just gone. Right. There's a certain amount of uh, the planet's gravity wells that we can use to yeah. slow us down. 
But of course, if we're going too fast, those just basically work like a sling and direct us in a uh, different direction. I had a conversation with my mom because we, we uh, saw ISS. Yeah. Uh, it was like a year or two ago, we were just outside and it was a dark night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw on like Reddit, they were like, oh, over Southern California, the ISS is going to be there mm-hmm. at this time if you want to see it. And I was like, I want to see it. Yeah. And she looked up and she saw it and she was like, wow. So that there's people on it. I was like, yeah, there's like 12 people living there. Yeah. It's crazy, huh? And she's like, yeah. What's the furthest thing that we sent to space? And I was like, well, that would be Voyager 1. Yeah. And she's like, when's that coming back? <laughs> Never. And I was like, oh, mom, no, it's not coming <laughs> back. It, we just spent it. We just threw it screaming into space. And exactly. like put a photograph and said, like, hope for the best, buddy. Uh, if you find anyone, uh, here's a way that they know where we are but we are never going to see this combination like voyager's gone yeah and it's uh she for some reason thought that like oh anything we send in space goes in orbit right and i was just like nah man no once it hits escape velocity Um, you're so smart but this just (laughs) just Voyager maybe will run into something eventually because that's another thing about space that we don't really conceive of that well is that the distances are just so vast that Voyager 1 probably will never run into anything until the end of the universe. So you know that whole idea about uh, how, was it spirit or opportunity? Uh, No, it was curiosity. Yeah, curiosity. Curiosity sings its happy birthday song every year okay like to itself yeah like they because it makes sounds mm-hmm. through like the rotor control right you know so it can dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh and everyone's like that's the saddest thing i've ever heard is a robot on mars singing happy birthday to itself <laughs> that's so sad and i'm it like is. i think about I'm like, you think that's sad. Have you heard about Voyager? (laughs) It doesn't even have the ability to sing happy birthday to itself. It's just screaming in space like, why? Uh, But so. So if we want to cut down like the idea of time. Right. uh, We need to find out how like warp drive happens and all of warp drive and all of science fiction is. I mean, that's where it's fantasy. Right. Because it's just like even uh, like you have to suspend your disbelief in Star Trek, which is like a pretty good TV show for hard sci fi. Yeah. Uh, Except for the fact that you just have to like kind of give up like, oh, what's hyperspace? Uh, Just the thing we we made up. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Just just run with it. And we're like, (laughs) okay, okay. But as long as you're fine with these other things. Right. Just believe this. Uh, So all of our sci fi kind of has this like, you know to use a science term, like this dark matter, this dark energy, this question mark Mm -hmm. of uh, what going the speed of light could do. Right. So you're telling me we haven't found that. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Uh, There's, there's one, there's a scientist whose last name was Alcubierre. He talked about things that bear his name now called Alcubierre warp fields, which basically it's, you have, a spaceship which is like a couple of rings around something that's shaped kind of like a cigar and they would generate a kind of force which bent space which would bend the fabric of space and that's a weird sounding concept because space is a vacuum this is like general relativity shit yeah yeah it's 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 relativity stuff that they used 
the theory of relativity, worked backwards using math and said, theoretically, we could do this to space. If we, we could, had some thing that would create energy? Or yeah, it has to create the right amount of energy and it, it's, it has to be directional too because what it does is that it basically bends space into a waveform mm -hmm. to where space is stretching out behind you and it's bunching up in front of you so that if you are traveling at a certain amount of speed, you're actually technically going faster than the speed of light. Mm -hmm. But you're not because you're just bending the fabric of reality enough to where you're moving. It's it's the idea of using a pencil. If you put a pencil on top of a piece of paper flat, then it's it doesn't probably won't reach the whole length of the paper. But if you bend the piece of paper, then you can put the pencil through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll reach the entire length of it. Yeah, every space movie does two things yeah they, they show that the the pencil through yeah. the paper and the other thing is any time in space where they're like we need to pick up speed uh and the martian is the most recent one of it it's like we need some serious out of the box thinking how are we going to do this and it's like uh we could use a slingshot <laughs> yeah just use a gro uh, gravity and they're like oh i didn't even think of that and it's like i was talking to my friend who works at jpl and he yeah. was just like he hates that trope because he's just like, it's literally the first thing that anyone can talk. Like it's the only thing. Right. Like, so whenever I, Donald Glover is like, I know what we can do. We can, we can use a slingshot, use the moon, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, no, that's the top of the list. There's nothing out there. It's right, exactly. just a bunch of nothing. <laughs> the so, only way to propel you is with gravity. With gravity. <laughs> yeah. So, Although I, I this uh I love this uh Alcubierre is yeah. that his name is Alcubierre guy because I feel like when he was coming up with like his dissertation or his mm -hmm. thesis they were like this guy's smoking weed <laughs> he's like if we just spend uh, a little bit of effort we can bend space time uh, uh, and warp there's a warp field and it's just like okay well you're high. <laughs> But that's just me because I'm just a layman. I don't but, understand. Yeah, that, that like, would I'm be. I'm sure he's a very, very, very smart man. Yeah. Way smarter than I am and knows the physics he's talking right. about. But like, how do you bend space time? It's, uh, I don't understand it completely okay, either. So basically, it's it's only a theory in math right now. Yeah. And it's like, and that's where you it have starts. To assume that this like rings around the cigar thing you're talking about is like has enough gravity like yeah. it has to change like it has to be very exactly. dense or something right? it's it's changing which it goes antithetical to the thing you were saying before where you don't want things to be heavy yeah. but as we learn because mass is the worst part of that equation <laughs> uh but it seems like mass is the thing that allows things to bend right I exactly mean, the higgs boson right? exactly that's what we use that's what's going on in a black hole as far as we understand is that it's so massive that it's bending light and space and everything around it. And so we need black hole drives. Yes, that is. That sounds very dangerous. <laughs> it is. It, it would be very dangerous. There's um, there is actually well, that's one of the, the ideas. I, I don't know if this one's actually called the Kugelblitz drive or not. But I know there was another Blitz. Yeah, there was another. It's a German scientist who came up with oh, the idea. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a German name at all. Kugelblitz. <laughs> but yeah, he came up with the idea of using um, 
he was he either came up with the idea of using antimatter or a small black hole to propel us through space uh now there's uh are you familiar with this thing called the the schwarzfield radius uh it sounds uh, familiar. uh from what i understand uh or hawking radiation yeah uh rap stevie um so apparently there is a um like when we talk when we talk about like a star going supernova right uh there is a uh there's a magical number for when like whether or not it folds onto itself and creates yes. another star or it creates a black hole yeah. is determined by the radiation like so what's being put out and that's just now gone yeah uh versus there's like a an, from what I understand, someone in comment will probably be like, yeah. "Abe, you do not understand the <laughs> Hawking radiation," and I'm like, "Yeah, you're right, I don't." Uh, but I just read this thing, so here we go. Yeah. And uh, there's this magical kind of uh, boundary where it can become a black hole, right? Uh, which takes a lot, a lot of mass. Yeah. You know, basically, what's going on? Um, what you're talking about? I can give a quick rundown of it is within a star of a, of a large enough mass, all stars are burning hydrogen. They're giant hydrogen reactors. Mm. So within the core of a large enough star, the mass within it creates enough gravity to where hydrogen starts bonding and becoming helium. And then, on, and then on, it bonds and bonds and bonds until it gets iron, to iron. Yeah. And that is when it has the potential to create a black hole because it's so massive. Is that always like? Is that how we categorize stars? Like, if it makes iron, does that mean it's like a a hypergiant or something like that? Um, Or is that more based on like the distant, like the enormity of the star? Right. There's there's a bunch of different ways that we classify stars because um, once they get to a certain size, they're different sizes and colors, which means that the reactions that they're going on. So we have a yellow dwarf. Right. We. I don't even think it's a dwarf, but it is a yellow. It's a yellow star. Because we have things like white dwarves, which are okay. much smaller than our sun, but also like they and those they're the remnants of old stars. White dwarves can burn for millions and millions and oh, not millions, billions of years. And they will be the last lights in our universe, basically, uh-huh. are white and brown dwarfs because they don't because they're racist. <laughs> <laughs> just, just putting that out there. <laughs> It has on, to do get woke stars. with the way that they basically it has to do with the efficiency of their reaction. Okay. The larger the star is, the more inefficient the reaction tends to be. And so the more violent it is, you can get gamma ray bursts and black holes out of the really big stars. Uh-huh. And the smaller ones run really efficiently. So they last a long time. So it's like a low simmer versus a right. very, you know, burning hotness. I feel like I'd be burning hotness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, there's nothing about me that is simmer, uh, but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So, uh, so Google Blitz is saying that we create a drive out of like a small version of a star folding upon itself. Right. It's a tiny. It would be like a little tiny ball of lightning that you shoot. Basically, the theory is you shoot enough energy and lasers into a small enough area that that basically creates enough energy to form a tiny reaction where it creates a black hole that's it would be insignificant obviously because it can't be too big and evaporate or be 
too small and not produce energy. It would have to re- meet exactly the right balance to where it would power the the spaceship that we would be using to get to um, that. And the, this is for long distance star travel. This is something that because it's a it's a little black hole and it has a time period. It would have an expiration date too. It would be it would take like uh, something like three to five years for it to evaporate. Mm. But in that time, it can get us up to potentially um, like 50 percent of the speed of light. Jesus. So, yeah. So using all of that energy would be able to help us traverse huge distances in the galaxy. And that's still like that means that like what's the close? How many light years? Is uh, I think Alba Centauri is four light years away. So that would still take us two years to get there. Yeah. Uh, well, it'd take us eight. Oh, eight, yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, but it, twice that's still, light. obviously, like, that's doable for a human. Whereas if it's four light years away and we're only going one-tenth the speed of light, yeah. then it takes us 40 years. And, so, and But here's the thing, though, is you need to put a crew up there or exactly. robots. Yeah. Uh, and if it's a crew, there's, like, you need to have a hyper-sleep situation, right? Yeah. Because people would go crazy in o- over eight years and murder or fuck each other <laughs> and we got to just turn that off yeah you know our own biology yeah the and essentially the, it's going to take so much energy to do something like that that the ship would have to be so massive that it would be built in space and it would have to be built by an international community and it would only have a little tiny amount of room for the living quarters because we need all the fuel and energy that we can put into the actual propellant Mm. one of the other um this one's just kind of a cool crazy uh version of the kind of propellant we could use is that we are very good at making nuclear weapons we're very good at making bombs which if you set off a nuclear weapon in space it still creates it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) is that your point is that it's awesome because that's what it I is. First thought of. It is, but it also it it creates so much energy that we can actually ride the wave of the nuclear energy in a space fucking <laughs> point break, yeah, yeah, dude. In a spaceship. So one of the ideas, and this is, I mean, this is basically basically because we're so good at building nuclear bombs. Mm. One of the more practical, I mean, not practical. I don't know how to put this, but is one of the things that are actually doable that we could do is have a ship with our most advanced nuclear weapons and it's just dropping bombs behind it and riding the wave Fucking amazing. <laughs> of the nukes to whatever destination that they're going to. And that could potentially get us to one-tenth of the speed of light. Did you ever play Quake when you were a kid? I did. Do you, do you ever use the rocket jumps? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I imagine. Like, you just, like, jump and then explode. You fire yep. the rocket and uh-huh. then, like it's an explosion that would kill anyone nearby and also would throw you all halfway across the map. Like I imagine that's what our, like, is this why we become scientists so that we can ultimately just drop bombs in space and like yes. drive real fast? Cause it sounds like you're all a bunch of Ricky Bobbies from Talladega, uh, Talladega nights. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like, I want to go fast. <laughs> yeah, no, that, uh, Jesus, that is an insane prospect because that means you need to have all that ammunition. Yeah. Like your fuel is just highly combustible and yeah. like anything goes wrong. Like you're like, well, um, uh, uh, 
here's the problem. A tiny <laughs> fire happened, and now there is no more Earth. Yeah. Uh, so we shouldn't be fucking with that, right? Like, maybe you should just, like, find a way to get to Mars and be cool with that. Right. It is one of the things I we definitely should be focusing on our local... Our, our solar system because there are planets out here that we that we could potentially colonize mm-hmm. but uh, and i will bring up one more one more version of one of the drives that we could use to traverse the stars and it's an antimatter drive basically the way that uh, nuclear explosions work is it's using matter and fusion to create a reaction that releases a ton of energy. And what's the difference between fusion and fission again? Fission is splitting atoms apart. Fusion is fusion is them yeah, pushing them together. Mm. And fusion releases more energy. The thing that releases even more energy, it's the most energy efficient theoretically, the most energy efficient thing that we can do is create enough antimatter to combine with matter and then basically it creates an explosion that is even more energy efficient than a nuclear weapon. Yeah. And that's just using tiny amounts of antimatter and regular matter. So basically what we do again is with that one, we could actually create like a jet that uses an antimatter matter reaction to propel us through space. Mm. So once again, I mean, any kind of rockets that we use now are basically harnessing explosions to propel us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so this is just aiming into space. Yeah. And so this is just the most, I guess, the most efficient version of that. But we don't have a good way of creating antimatter. Like the best way that we have right now is in the Large Hadron Collider. Yeah. And it even then, it's only tiny, tiny amounts. And the the antimatter that we do create eventually dissipates and gets destroyed mm. with just being introduced into um, an environment that has regular matter, which is all around us. It's a, it's a, it's a goddamn shame. There isn't any antimatter mines, <laughs> you know, like in October sky, I think Chris Cooper's character is like, I just got to go down into the earth and get that antimatter. <laughs> <laughs> so we can go to space. Wait, no, I'm confusing so many things. I love that movie. Yeah, that movie is a good movie. One of the reasons I became a storyteller. Yeah, uh, it's it's such a fucking good movie. But uh, okay, so we have uh, so Google Blitz, <laughs> the most German of all the drives. <laughs> uh, we have black holes. Yeah. We have Alcubierre warp fields. Yeah. I heard something you mentioned earlier about light sails. What is that? That sounds awesome. Yeah. And can I ride one? (laughs) That might be the way that you get to another planet because one. How does that work? So it's like I imagine sails. It's like Mm -hmm. there's no wind. Right. It's replacing wind with light. So is it essentially uh, a a receptor of light and that? How does that power? Like, how do photons? Yeah, it's power. Like, because I know photons are energy. Yeah. Uh, there's that whole wave duality thing. Mm-hmm. But how do we? How do we use that? It's super thin material that we. I mean, this is another one that I think this is one of the ones that we've actually made the most progress on using. Um, if you, I mean, everybody's seen Star Wars. Count Dooku's ship has a light sail, and one of the. I was just saying Count Dooku. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I just can't. I can't allow 
can't do two would be a thing. That just doesn't make sense to me. But, Continue. But he did have a ship that used a light sail for long distance travel. And it's harnessing the energy from it's it's it would ens- essentially just be like paper thin solar panels that harness energy from whatever star is the closest by mm-hmm. and it converts all of that into the energy and and there's obviously other types of radiation that the sun releases um there's because there's yeah. it's light right still right our, our, but our ultraviolet ultra- is the most energetic type of light and we can't see it that's the kind of stuff that it's, like, it's the hottest and it's like what creates radio waves on the other side x-rays <laughs> gamma rays yeah. these are all light yes Okay. They are they're all different waves. And so we'd basically be using something that captured all of that energy and used it to propel us and and all of those different types of energy would propel us towards wherever we're going. Once again, there's a braking problem with that because we can ramp up to the speed of like one tenth up to and I think they said up to one third the speed of light within like a few years. But once we get up to that speed, how do we slow it down? We're going to have to have also a sail that we deploy behind the ship to slow it down enough to land wherever we want to land. Uh, or just Chris Cooper goes down in the mines and gets anti-light <laughs> yes. to, to reverse light. I don't know what I'm talking about. Nothing makes sense. No, that's fascinating shit, man. Yeah. Uh, the idea of catching solar rays as a way of traveling. And that's... That's like the best thing we got right now. That's potentially one of the best things that we have. Um, the the Kugelblitz drive using a black hole, um, antimatter drives is something that we could theoretically do now, but creating antimatter is hard. Once we figure out a better way to do that, then we could probably yeah. Do it. I assume that at any time someone has a scientific breakthrough that just changes every all the games. Yeah. Uh, so there's always that contingency. Yeah. But that's not a good way to operate, you right. know, uh, you know, when we talk about like climate change, once again, to bring up my parents, I think <laughs> it was like during Christmas, I was just yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty like deep into, you know, the idea of like environment is like my main issue of voting. Yeah. And they were like, oh, really? Why? And I was like, you, you know, that like coral is already like on its way to being yeah. extinct. It's like, going to kill us <laughs> in, in 20 years. Yeah. Finding Nemo is going to be a period piece. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and they're like, Oh wow. You really strongly feel about this. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I do. And they're like, well, I, I mean, we lived in the society where that would like since the seventies, that's like been a big deal. Yeah. And every time some like, because they live through like chlorofluorocarbons and yeah. like, you know, Eagle eggs, you know, shattering because mm-hmm. of like the, what was it that thing that our refrigerators and shit like that sure like just using toxic chemicals and then we had a breakthrough and decided to stop using them so everything that they know is that they'll just be a breakthrough and Mm -hmm. we'll be fine uh that is not a good way to operate (laughs) no we need to conserve now and yeah so like (laughs) be precious with our resources like yeah we gotta get traveling to other planets and we're just like i don't know we'll just we'll just figure it out (laughs) there's Uh, there's one thing that i you mentioning this made me think of and there it's the concept of a a weight calculation and that essentially is the fact that technology is always improving currently hmm. so if we wait x amount of years 
and develop a spaceship that can go faster, significantly faster than what we have now, then it'll end up making the journey faster than, than the one that we sent yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. And I know that's a that's something that gets brought up in a lot of sci-fi. I think did it get brought up in Ender's Game? That's um I don't know. But I know it that it might there's... be in Speaker for the Dead. Okay. Because he has to, like he literally has the whole age problem. Mm-hmm. Like he's he goes to because of general relativity he essentially stays the same age and then right. he like contacts through the uh, galactic ansible which right. is this uh you know fictional thing in uh or uh cards world where he's like oh at any time that you can talk to one another like right. there's a phone service in space mm-hmm. and he talks to valentine who's his sister and she's like 80 now oh okay and yeah. that's like interstellar yeah. you know he like outlives his daughter yeah because and yeah that's another problem because if you travel at close enough i mean at m- factors of the speed of light then you age more slowly yeah because time that's just how time and velocity time dilation yeah time dilation is a very real thing once we start getting up to speeds that fast mm-hmm. it's it's a real thing now for people that spend enough time in space but it's not an extreme thing like it's because we're not yet going that fast right Although they're, they're like, aren't astronauts' bones like not no good? Like, <laughs> they're not, they're bad bones. I think that has more to do with gravity. Okay, but <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm mixing my <laughs> principles. Uh, I think that's a good place as any where uh, Abe says astronaut bones are bad, and you're like, no, <laughs> Abe, you're an idiot. I feel like that's a good ending of this episode. Uh, so, sure. any last final words before we scream into space? <laughs> I think um, we definitely should wait at least long enough so that we don't have to scream in space on the wave of nuclear weapons to get to Alpha Centauri. Just bomb our way to everything. (laughs) Some alien is just like, are they using bombs? Is that how they're they're getting through? Because we just use space energy. And they're like, well, what the fuck is space energy? It's like, not bombs, you fucking cretins. All right. Thank you for joining us. This has been episode five of Pop Culture Petri Dish. Yeah. Starring my friend Christian. And, and my friend Abe. I am also here. <laughs> the dumb one. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, see you next episode. This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!